says I have trouble with intimacy, but people often die when they get close to me. I'm kicking and punching all of the criminals, the crime on the street. I want to get rid of all. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the DC Threekly Batman and Robble, Batman and Robin Eternal podcast um, issue slash episode 15. Um, I'm Zach, and I'm joined by Brian today. Vince isn't with us, unfortunately. He is uh, sacrificing a goat in a, in order to ensure a uh, Packers victory tomorrow. <laughs> he and, didn't uh, say that. I'm just presuming that's what he's doing tonight. It's just it's the most likely. Exactly. Yeah. And um, I'm fighting a bit of a cold right now, so I've got... A little bit of the the crud in my voice, so if you'll you'll have to excuse me there. And I'm making um, him do all the talking. Yeah, he is. I'm taking it. Um, so yeah, so like as usual, we're gonna start off with kind of a brief recap of this week's issue. So if you haven't read the issue yet, uh, press pause, go pull it up on your your medium of choice, and read the issue, and then come back. And so the issue, um, first of all, it is um, going back to the front here. It's written by um, Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly of Hacktivist fame. Hacktivist, yeah, yeah. And so this issue returns to the Azriel St. Dumas storyline. And so this, this uh, team is... Uh, it seems like the team who's going to be handling that storyline, they wrote the previous issues that, that dealt with this. And then art by Christian Deuce. I presume that's how it's pronounced, yeah. Yes, okay. So the issue begins with um, Asriel um, meditating in a, in a cool, little, cool little chamber. He's sitting, uh, he's levitating, kind of Indian style and... Just looks. Uh, they much say cooler. crisscross applesauce now in school. Okay, you're right. I'm sorry. That's probably not <laughs> politically correct. Um, <laughs> and uh, looks much better here. That I feel like than he he did in previous issues. He uh, his costume looks it looks a little different here. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah, we get um, we see Tim and an unknown individual. Entering in through some kind of force field, while while um, Azrael kind of narrates this sort of little inner monologue, and then fights holographic versions of Tim and, and Jason, <laughs> um, while while continuing to monologue, and then we uh, catch up with Tim, and it and we find out that he's carrying uh, Jason. It seems like he's unconscious, and he meets. Azrael outside the gates of Gnosis, the secret city of St. Dumas. Um, they talk for a bit, and it seems like Tim is offering Jason over to the Order and kind of joining up with them. Um, Azrael takes him on a tour, and it seems like Jason has something up his sleeve, literally. <laughs> or maybe it's, no, it was, was it in his mouth? Did he spit it out? Yes, he did. Yeah little little red battering thing um, and begins counting down from a thousand. Uh, Azrael introduces Tim to um, the current Saint Dumas who is hooked up to all kinds of machinery, 
uh, wires and tubes and things. It's really pretty, pretty creepy. Um, and this St. Dumas basically offers Tim a job as the new Azrael, but he'll have to kill the current Azrael. Um, we get a flashback back to Prague with Mother and Scarecrow talking um, about Bruce and how uh, Batman was the, the first psychological profile that that Jonathan Crane did for uh, the Gotham Police Department and how he originally believed that Batman was driven by fear, but now he believes that he's driven by loss and that loss uh, creates his fear. And uh, we get a scene with, with Bruce and Dick um, and they're getting ready to, it seems like they, the story is about to circle back around to, to the beginning with uh, them going to Cairo I think that isn't that where the the first flashback took place. I believe we, so. Yes. Yeah. So it seems like the story's about to circle back to that point. Um, we come back to the present. Jason is uh, beating up on a lot of guys, and Tim is fighting Azrael. And let's see, he incapacitates Azrael, and then is fighting with uh, St. Dumas and Jason comes to join up with him to, to kind of uh, lend a hand and gets hit with some kind of uh, psychic attack that seems a lot like the Scarecrow's fear toxin. Mm-hmm. And he um, has a vision of himself and his, you know, his younger self in his Robin costume and he's being, attacked by the Joker with a crowbar and that's where the issue ends. Yeah. Uh, nice, nice job recapping. Um, overall, what did you think of the issue? I liked it a lot. Um, and I, you know, I wasn't too crazy. I think about the earlier little mini arc with Azrael and the order of St. Dumas, but I, I liked this issue a lot. Yeah. I thought it was a pretty solid issue. I think there's, um, there are a couple of moments that we'll get to that I think are slightly problematic, but that's okay. Um, overall, I did think it gave some depth to the Asriel character, the Jean-Paul Valley, mm-hmm. and I think it gave a really convenient way for him to make it out of this book and into regular Bat stories. Yes. You know, by, by being um, sort of just disregarded by St. Dumas, I think it gives him... It gives him motivation to to be a part of the Batman world outside of just uh, this this book. So I liked it for that reason. Um, I also thought there was there was a fair amount of nice uh, Bat family stuff in this. Uh, I like the combination of Tim and Jason. It's one we really hadn't seen much before this book. I guess we got it a little bit in Batman Eternal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but but it's nice to see them doing more together. I enjoyed that. Um, I have a few specific things I want to get to in a minute, but anything else you want to mention before we sort of dive into specifics here? Um, no, not really. I'm interested to see what, what, what you want to go into next. Okay. My, my big thing is I understand that the last few issues have shown us that Bruce is not as on board with mother as 
he appeared to be in the earlier issues. And we saw Bruce speak to uh, Crane, I don't know, it was last week or the week before, about just sort of, you know, um, basically about them working together to take down Mother. Mm -hmm. But I still don't like how openly deceptive he's being towards Dick here. Right. Uh, That scene, and again, I understand the purpose of all of it, but it just seems like it's... um, I don't know. This this whole Bruce and Mother thing is really interesting because on one hand, in the first issue, we have Bruce calling it his greatest sin, and we have him, you know, what, what appears to be Bruce killing two innocent people. But then throughout, we've seen him simply trying to play Mother. So I don't know which one is... I don't know how we're supposed to be reading this. Let's put it that way. And... uh I kind of like that, but it's also a bit frustrating just because I don't like – I'm sick of Batman stories where Bruce is like a complete bastard. Right, yeah. Because, uh, yeah, we kind of have been getting that, especially with like the, the death in the family mm-hmm. or death of the family. You know, a lot of like recent Bat stories have been about Bruce's secrets and and kind of how they have endangered the Bat family. And I feel um, like Batman Eternal proper last year did such a great job of bringing, bringing Batman, bringing Bruce into a kind of a new status quo, mm-hmm. where he was going to trust the family more. Right. Again, um, this is a flashback, so it's you know I understand that, but so. yeah, right. And you know it is interesting how like the only interaction we're getting with Bruce in this series is through flashbacks. Like you know he's not he's not present in the present. Yeah. Um, so he kind of doesn't get to defend himself. Yeah, almost, that makes sense. You know? That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it kind of you know it's it seems like at this point, yeah, I, I I still don't really know how we're supposed to supposed to feel about his dealings with mother. Um, like you said, it, he's definitely you, you know trying to use this relationship to. I, to I guess like catch her, you know, defeat her, but it kind of seems like, you know, he by by associating with her, he is, you know, he may be biting off more than he can chew, and he may end up doing, being forced to do things that he wouldn't otherwise do, and maybe that's where the the greatest sin right thing comes in right. Um. The other thing is that I that I felt was just unfortunate is I I I just feel that anytime Jason Todd is part of a story, we have to go back to his death at the hands of the Joker. Yeah, and I'm a little bit tired of that. We got more of that this time as well. We did, um, but I did think it was interesting in relation to that. I thought it was interesting that I I I think is this the first time that we've seen Jason in a in a Robin costume? Yeah, I was going to mention that his costume has the red, uh, the red uh, domino mask and has like an arrowhead almost on the chest, and then the green short sleeves. Yes, Um, it seems like way closer to just in style, like the the classic Dick costume, which is really interesting choice. Yeah, it is, especially since. He came later. You would think he would have the more modern-looking costume. Yeah. Unless – one of the things I was thinking about is maybe Dick is supposed to be considerably older than Jason is. Maybe. And so maybe because he was a little kid, 
he would have had a more childish costume or a less dark costume. I don't know how to put that. Yeah. But maybe. It also looks like on his gloves he has the little um slots mm-hmm. that Wolverine had in I the, had the animated exact same series. Thought. Yes. That, that his claws would come out of. Yeah. I don't know if those are meant to be um like knuckle protectors. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> or what? Um but it was interesting, and I, actually, it, it got me because one of the things that Vince had said a while back is that he would love to see a, either a miniseries or a, an ongoing of the adventures of Bruce and Dick as Batman and Robin in the New Fifty Two. Mm-hmm. And this got me thinking: Oh, now I'd kind of like to see a Bruce and Jason New Fifty Two stories. Yeah, with, with with how many bat with how many Robins have filtered through Batman's ranks in the New Fifty Two. You could probably do all of them in a year. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, it, it would be really interesting because, like you said, so much of the like Jason stuff that we've gotten over the past, you know, decade or so has kind of centered on like a post death in the family world. You know, everything centers on the Joker and the crowbar. It'd be interesting to like see some stories that take place before that, yeah. and just kind of like see. How like a young Jason interacts with Batman in the New Fifty Two? I think there's there's like interesting story potential there. Yeah, and I I know one of the big things the new the New Fifty Two was they were saying they didn't want to go back and tell stories and retell stories rather you know they wanted right. to but I feel like because the bat it's interesting the bat line is the line that changed the least. Mm-hmm. In the switchover, yet so much is different, right? Because, because yeah, there's just and so I, much there, right? And I mean, since we're, I mean, we're getting flashbacks here, you know, like we're getting previously unseen adventures of of Bruce and Dick, you know. So I, th- I think the precedent is there for that kind of story, you yeah. know, even if it's just like like a six issue mini or something. Yeah, of, I think that would be really cool. I'm pitching it now, Batman and Robins, and oh. it's just it's two is, it's two issue arcs of the various uh, Robins pre Damian Wayne. I that I uh, I'd be in for that. Yeah. All right. Do you, well, what's your one thing, Zach? Um, this isn't really my one thing, um, but I did want to point out that in the opening pages, don't don't steal my one thing. Is it about? How Tim looks like Damien? No, no, it's okay, not. That's what I was gonna say. He's wearing <laughs> that. He's wearing that like white, the white uh, hood, like, yeah, hood and cloak. He looks like um, Damien when he's first introduced. Yes, that which is, which I thought was like an interesting choice. I mean, it could be just a coincidence, but it it looks so similar. Yeah, um, I couldn't help but but notice that. Um, no, I. My one thing. Do you want me to go first? Do you have one? Yeah, you go first. I do. Now, I, I, I know that part of this is because uh, I think this is absolutely true for you as well as it is for me. Uh, we, we've had Star Wars on the brain mm-hmm. lately. But doesn't the opening sequence, isn't this just Jabba's palace? Yes. <laughs> like It's Luke yeah. bringing the droids and yeah. giving them to Jabba only to have them break him out eventually. Mm-hmm. Like the desert setting... Even if you look at the page when it's when they have the credits of Azrael standing outside of the of the palace, like the door is not all that dissimilar from the door of Jabba's palace. 
Yeah, it's very much reminded me of the Jabba's Palace sequence. Yeah, um, I I kind of like had a little bit of trouble orientating myself when this issue started because I I couldn't quite remember how the the previous story had ended. I remember there was that one issue that ended with Tim kind of having that weird like acid trip, yeah, like, like a psychotic break or something. Yeah, 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 and. Um, I, I didn't quite know exactly, like, what I was seeing because it, it, it kind of jumps through a lot of, like, you know, you see Tim doing his thing, going somewhere, and Azrael's just doing, like, a lot of random things. He's, like, meditating, and then he's fighting, and then he's meeting Tim and Jason outside, and I, I don't know. I had, a, I had trouble. Like, I had to read it twice to kind of orient myself to what was happening. But I, I guess... um. Tim and Jason got the location to Gnosis when they fought the last time? I guess so. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. We really should have gone back and checked this out. We should. I meant to, yeah. I just didn't. And well, if, if, you can, if you can stall for a minute or so, I can, I can do that. Okay. But now my one thing is um, I th- I've thought it was – I thought it's interesting, like this the St. Dumas stuff, how much um, they've dealt with um, – just like Gnosticism and like secret knowledge and stuff and like using a lot of terms that aren't very common, like the, like the Pleroma. Right. Um, and I, you know, I wonder how much of that is going to end up like playing into the story or if it's kind of just like thematic fluff, you know? Um, yeah, I that's wonder- interesting. Um, because they, they are like digging, like these guys are, um, digging pretty deep into this kind of, um, mythology and theology and it's really interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I, what I, what I like about the series so far is I, I feel like they're, even though they're introducing a lot of new ideas and they're going in a couple of different directions, they're not they're not giving themselves a shortcut to get there. Mm-hmm. You know, we're seeing a lot of work, but it seems like a lot of work went into Azrael in the new 52 and mm-hmm. what that means. And like you said, going a little bit deep into to Gnosticism and, and Christian theology that isn't exactly, that may not really influence the story, but certainly helps to build a nice um, backdrop for the story if they decide to go that deep. Right, right. Yeah, it is it's good world building. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else before we wrap up? Um the art was really good. Yeah, it was. And I, I hate just saying that. So maybe maybe we'll say here. I was not uh, a huge fan of the cover by uh Guillermo March, who I, re- I typically really like, but um I don't know. I it looks I guess the coloring on the cover is a little bit odd and uh the, the, we, we've been very spoiled on this series by excellent covers, and this this was not one of the better ones. But the interior art was quite good. I particularly enjoyed um, his Scarecrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Scarecrow stuff was was really well handled. Although it is a little bit weird to watch a Scarecrow just like jump around on a <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like throw himself off a balcony and kind of just grab on and you know he's really hamming it up for Mother. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I thought there was some really interesting um, 
design and layout choices. Again, like, you know, with a weekly book, I feel like we kind of tend to, or we've been conditioned to kind of give these types of book a pass in terms of like their composition because of how fast, you know, the turnaround time has to be. Right. Um, So it's always nice to see like a little bit of extra work put into that, you know, that it's not just, uh, you know, grid panels. Not not that there's anything wrong with grid, but you know, there's, there's some variety in like the page layout. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree. Um, Nice job. And I I did look it up briefly. It appears that uh, Tim and Jason had, hacked into some computer and got a bunch of information. So let's just presume that... Okay, that's how they got it? That's how they got it, yeah. Okay. Which is far less of a stretch, presumption-wise, than that R2-D2 would have had the map to the Jedi Temple in him since the days of the Death Star. Yeah, and he just magically woke up. Yeah. At the right moment. (laughs) If you want to hear more riveting Star Wars conversations like this, definitely follow us on Twitter, because that happens quite a bit. All the time. Uh, Zach is at SirFox89. I am at Brian Zanaf. And uh, we'll be back next week, presumably with all three of us. Yes. Hopefully with all three of us. And uh, have a good weekend, folks. Bye. Bye.